So thank you. Um, so the question that I have here for us, let's find the pointer. Um, so clinical use of mass spectrometry in measuring myeloma, change in traditional measurements, are SPEPs a thing of the past? And I'll give you the punchline now. Um, not quite yet, but soon. Um, I want to start with an acknowledgement slide. Uh, the work I'm going to show you is largely that of um, David Murray, the gentleman in the center, who really came up with a very creative idea of monitoring monoclonal proteins. And these are the people that have been really instrumental in, in making this possible. So what I'm going to talk to you about, um, I'm going to explain to you what are these tests called MassFix and MyRAM. Um, I am going to show you that um, these mass spectrometry tests um, are superior to the standard tests that we use in everyday practice. Um, and then we'll talk about how SPEP fits into this and also address whether or not we still need free light chains. So the principle here is if you look at the left-hand side of the slide, um, if you think of um, immunoglobulins that are produced, we know uh, more often kappa than uh, lambda is our distribution, our repertoire, but they have different masses, each of the immunoglobulins. Um, Dave Murray chose to focus just on the light chain because it's much simpler than the heavy chain. And you can see the predicted uh, distribution just based on kind of math and looking at immunoglobulin repertoire on the left, that you sort of have this distribution of lambda um, sequences, what you'd expect the protein mass to be, uh, and kappa. So it's sort of a bimodal, and you have more kappa than lambda. If you look at that in reality on the right hand, lower hand side of the slide, you see that that's indeed what you see when you run it uh, by mass spectrometry, when you pull down for kappa or lambda. So um, what are these assays that I'm talking to you about, um, mass spectrometry? Again, not something that we're typically thinking of. It's actually very um, straightforward what is done and um, what we're doing since July of 2018 at Mayo Clinic is we're, we actually are doing this instead of immunofixation and we're using a MALDI, which is basically a, a large desktop mass spectrometer. Um, but again, what happens is you just take um, the serum from a patient and you put it in with these little um, nanobodies uh, that are reacting against uh, gamma, alpha, mu, kappa, lambda. Um, and then you essentially uh, pr process them for a little bit and then you put them into the MALDI. And uh, you read out what you get. Um, right now, as I mentioned, um, this is how we're doing, this is the equivalent to immunofixation uh, for us at the Mayo Clinic. Um, and soon we hope to replace the serum protein electrophoresis. Um, there's a more sophisticated mass spectrometer that uh, we call MyRAM when we do it, but it's a, uh, a QTOF, um, and that one does add some sensitivity, as I'll show you. So, everyday use. Um, so our lab, Mayo Med Labs, um, we have, uh, we're a reference lab, we do more than 750 electrophoreses per day. Um, this is sort of what the lab looked like before we were using MALDI. And this is one kind of workstation here that you can actually do as much work uh, in a smaller amount of space and with a faster turnaround. 
So uh, what are these assays? Sensitivity and specificity. So if you look up at the top panel, what you'll see is uh, in the first uh, lane is just a protein electrophoresis, and the, the top uh, bar, would, the top piece would be albumin, and then you have the alpha the alpha, beta, gamma fraction, and you see a nice M spike there. And then sort of to the right of that, um, in the additional lanes, what you see is that this is an M kappa. The first lane is gamma reaction, uh, second is um, the alpha reaction, mu, and then kappa lambda. So that's, that's what everybody does. Um, what you see then to the right of that is the mass spectrometry uh, equivalent, and you see a very nice peak. Uh, the black here is kappa, and the green, which is sort of hanging down low, would be uh, sort of the uh, lambda reagent. And so at the top, clearly, you see an M spike on the SPEP portion, you see that M kappa. But then when you dilute it down to 1 to 100, which would be the next uh, set of panels, maybe you see something on the immunofixation. The protein electrophoresis is not helping you much, but when you look at the mass spec, you see that, again, now the scale is different because the polyclonal background is coming up. You see the green. Um, but clearly, you have something, uh, a very distinct spike there. And finally, if you go to the lowest uh, group of uh, panels, you can see that you really can't see anything with protein electrophoresis. You can't see anything with the immunofixation. Um, but again, one, uh, even at a 1 to 200 dilution, very clearly you can see this spike, uh, which represents the monoclonal protein. And so if one does dilution experiments, uh, this is 27 patients, you look at immunofixation positivity uh, in blue, and then the red would be the MALDI uh, picking it up. Uh, you see NEAT, yeah, they both get 100% in this set, but then as you start diluting it down, uh, when you get all the way to the right, if you look at a 1 to 200 dilution, you see that over 60% of patients are still positive by MALDI, whereas only 30% of these patients would be positive by immunofix. So definitely um, you are getting greater sensitivity. Um, and so this is now using um, the uh, more complicated mass spectrometer. Um, but again, a very similar thing if you look at the, the left, where you have, uh, again, the protein electrophoresis, the immunofixation. This is an A-kappa patient. Um, you see that the, the mass of this specific protein is uh, 23 thousand uh, kilodaltons. Um, and then to the right, you see that it's diluted, one to a thousand, and you really don't see anything on the immunofix, but clearly you see that exact same thing um, when you're using uh, the mass spectrometer. And so an estimate of sensitivity, you could say that the protein electrophoresis, perhaps you get maybe 0.2 mg uh, or, or grams per deciliter with serum immunofix, maybe 5 mg per deciliter, and this is probably an order of magnitude better. And this is just looking at some samples. So again, what you see, each column is a uh, patient, and then you have sort of the the top is mass fix serum, mass fix urine. Then you have your standard free light chain ratio is kind of that uh, third row. And then you have the serum immunofix and the urine immunofix. And these are untreated myelomas, easy to make a diagnosis of myeloma no matter how you do it. The black is positive, gray is negative. So again, really good performance for all of these tests. Uh, free light chain didn't pick up a few, urine didn't pick up a few, but overall pretty good. And if we look at sort of the pooling of these various tests, again, if you sort of focus on the first column where it's sort of the single test, the serum mass fix versus urine mass 
mass fix, 100%, 100% of patients, free light chain ratio only 91%, serum IFE 100%, and the urine 91%. Again, now how to, no matter how you slice it or dice it, serum urine, newly diagnosed myeloma, kind of a piece of cake no matter which assay you use. When you get into, let's say, now treated myeloma, again, the same type of uh, representation, and again, these aren't necessarily CR patients. They're just patients that have been treated, but you see there's a lot more gray uh, for each of the, the rows, and if you sort of add this series up and see what you get, again, each time you're sort of looking at the mass fix, whether it's serum mass fix or urine mass fix, it does outperform um, the, the serum immunofixation and the urine immunofixation. And if you group the two together or you group it with the free light chain, again, you have slightly better performance. Uh, I'll show you data with CR patients uh, a little bit later. Same thing, amyloid, again, untreated on the left, treated on the right, a lot more gray. We know this is disease of uh, lower tumor burden, a lot of free light chains. Um, and if we sort of tally this up, again, you see that the serum uh, mass fix as a single uh, get 80%, which is quite comparable to what you get with the serum free light chain, um, much better than what you would get with the immunofixation. If you mix the serum in the urine, if you're just doing mass fix serum urine 100%, whereas if you do um, immunofixation, serum urine, it's only 80%, um, and so on. And the similar in treated patients, again, you're just getting better performance and better sensitivity. So this is an example of 53 patients who were in complete, these are amyloid patients, complete response um, as uh, defined by a, a negative immunofixation serum, urine, free light chain, and also six-color flow. So it's not, not next-generation flow, um, but it is six-color, probably with sensitivity 10 to the minus fourth, maybe getting closer to 10 to the minus fifth. But, um, but again, what we found is four patients who appeared to be in CR Clearly, there is a, still an IgA monoclonal protein there, as you can see, as demonstrated by the red arrow. The baseline, a nice spike. The turquoise is that um, the IgA bead, and the blue is the lambda bead. Um, and then, again, since we know what we're looking for, you see there's that, again, a little divot still um, when the patient is supposedly in CR. And this similarly is in myeloma patients, uh, stringent CR, again, uh, routine definitions. Um, but here, what you have is 81% of these patients were still positive by mass spec, just using blood, not urine. And 11 patients, that, um, we had serial measures as well. And looking at the deepening of the response, again, all these patients, if you're using your routine tests, um, would be in CR. But what you can see is, again, um, if, the, if we sort of broke it, because these are patients after stem cell transplant. So we looked, again, we know that the, um, you know that the half-life of uh, IgG monoclonal protein, for example, is 21 days. Maybe it takes time for decay, and that's why maybe the serum is working seemingly positive where the bone marrow wasn't. Um, so we sort of looked at the depth of response just after induction and after stem cell transplant. Again, by definition, they're all stringent CR. But then we looked at the intensity of the signal by MIRAM, so the area under the curve um, of, of, the, of the signal. And what we saw is that at day 100 and also then at uh, almost a year, around day 300, um, if the patient's intensity by mass spec was decreasing, um, which was 
true in about nine of these patients. Um, again, those patients seem to have a longer progression-free survival by standard criteria. Um, currently, we're looking at the stamina trial and uh, trying to see they have you know, better testing in larger numbers of patients at multiple time points, and we'll really get to see the performance um, in a clinical trial. So the other piece of this is a free light chain bead. So we're only using five anti-sera to bring down the protein and then look at the, the lambda signal, lambda and kappa signal, the light chain signal. Um, but uh, the binding site has a um, reagent that they let us have some of um, that was actually bringing down the free light chains, not just the bound light chains, but the free light chains. And what you can see here on the y-axis is uh, what the, um, the binding site assay, just regular free light that we do, um, what the quantity uh, is of the patient of the free light chain for the kappa or the lambda. Um, but if so what you can see is that if you use seven beads, meaning the, the standard kappa, lambda, alpha, gamma, mu, plus the free light chain beads, um, you find that uh, you can detect basically lower levels of free light chain. Um, and if you focus on the right-hand side of the figure where we the, the mass spec missed the patients, uh, where you can see that what the measurements, only one lambda was missed, and then there were several um, kappas that were missed, again, but they were at very low levels, and whether those were false positives or whatever, it's hard to know. And so what is the sensitivity of these blood and urine assays? You know, this is a hypothetical relative sensitivity of the assays. You know, we know new diagnosis. You have a high tumor burden, 10 to the 12th. CR, you know, it's really not that deep. You still have a very high burden of disease. Where do these mass fix and this ESI-TOF mass spectrometry, where does it fall in there? Um, we'll really learn that. Um, certainly, we know MRD by next-gen flow, next-gen sequencing can get us very deep. And so I think this is an art of uh, discovery. Um, there's specificity and sensitivity that is introduced by this assay. So this is a gentleman who has a lambda, has lambda amyloid by, and in his fat, there, it's clearly lambda that's the building block of the amyloid. And this is the serum immunofixation. And there really isn't anything in the lambda column there. But there is maybe a G kappa, which really doesn't make much sense. Um, and so actually, if one then looks at the mass spectrometry of this patient, you can see that, um, yeah, we do see a little G kappa there. The, so the purple or pink and the turquoise, that would be um, gamma and kappa. But we also see these spikes in blue, which is lambda. And um, that would make more sense, certainly. And if we look at the urine by immunofix on this patient, again, it is indeed a lambda. And um, when we look at the urine by mass spectrometry, again, a lambda. And the mass lines up perfectly. And so this is consistent. This, if you were to look at these four panels here, um, these are, again, protein electrophoresis with immunofix. I would think you'd say they look really pretty much the same. And if you look at the protein electrophoresis pattern, again, really pretty similar. Well, what's really interesting here is that this is a dilution experiment by actually adding in daratumumab. We all know the troubles with therapeutic monoclonal antibodies, that they can, you know, there's still a G-kappa. Is it the patient's monoclonal protein or what? So uh, what we picked here, this is a spiking experiment where the first 
top panel is just showing a patient's monoclonal protein, and you see the mass spectrometry, the blue spiking thing, um, and then it, with 10% and then 50% uh, DARA and then 90% DARA, what you can see is that the actual mass of the patient's monoclonal protein, again, the, the intensity of that is dropping and the DARA is coming up. And so you're really having less, quote, tumor burden here as detected by the blood test, um, but you're tricked by the, both the protein electrophoresis and by the immunofixation, where it's clear as day with the um, mass spectrometry. Um, and again, if you look here, this focus more on the right, but this is, um, again, with the ESI-TOF, but daratumumab has its own distinct mass, ilatuzumab has its own distinct mass, and isotuximab has its own distinct mass. So very easy. We just run the simple test, and we know, is this a therapeutic monoclonal antibody or the patient's original monoclonal protein? So what about replacing the serum protein electrophoresis? So here is, again, a pattern that you can see on the MALDI. And there's that little spike off to the left. And if you measure that area under the curve, then that's actually how we do protein electrophoresis. It's all about total protein, area under the curve, percentage. Well, this is the same thing. Here's the total, uh, for example, in this, an IgG. Um, and what you see, that area under the curve, and you can do some simple math if you just math. If you uh, basically do a, a, a nephilimatric test with an IgG, you have the total IgG in this case, 926, and then this is a tiny little fraction. It's, you know, 3%. And so this would be 0.0289 grams per deciliter. So this is, I think, the future of protein electrophoresis. And again, really good correlations, whether you're looking at IgGs, IgMs, and IGAs. And then, again, uh, another uh, convenience or, or uh, asset to this test is that it can actually give you clues into other diagnoses. Again, the same test, one test. Um, you can get clues about AL amyloid. So this was actually an accidental finding that we made, but if you look here, at the first um, column, you have kappa patients who have, um, kappa patients who have AL <coughs> is sort of that first box, um, where 21 out of 61 of our kappa amyloids were actually glycosylated. They had a slightly different looking pattern. Um, and when they were kappa um, non-AL patients, we only saw glycosylation in three of those 81. So 4% versus 33% of patients um, that have this glycosylation. So it really seems like it's a good hint. So you may be just having an MGUS patient or a smolderer, and you're like, ooh, it's glycosylated. Maybe I should really think a little harder as this amyloid. Um, with the lambda, it doesn't seem to work quite as well. Um, we're working more on that, and maybe with different beads we can do better. But certainly it's an interesting thing. So to conclude, uh, in terms of future directions, I think that definitely uh, quantification of the M protein and getting rid of the SPEP is in the future. Uh, possibility of a gel-free lab. Labs hate gels. They much rather do nephilometry. And the mass, uh, the MALDI is really pretty straightforward, too. A lot of places are actually using MALDI to do early um, uh, speciation of bacteria when you get positive blood cultures. So it's not foreign to many labs. 
Um, eventually, I, we don't need um, immunofix and SPEP, um, but the free light chain still and quants are going to be necessary. Um, the, uh, the binding site is, has licensed this technology and they're developing those kinds of kits, so that'll be interesting. Um, this will potentially affect the rates of CR. You're going to have fewer CRs, um, but again, I think as we're moving into a world of MRD and so forth, uh, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, we want to understand how deep we're going. And conceivably, down the road, this could save on MRD testing because, again, this is a simple blood test. It doesn't cost very much money. And then you'll have fewer patients that you have to drive to bone marrow, both on the way down as far as response and on the way up um, for progression. And so one can imagine at baseline, you know, you may have a positive mass fix and you treat them and then it's positive, but then it goes negative. Then you could do the more sophisticated uh, mass spectrometry, the ESI, and that may be positive. But then when that goes negative, you do your bone marrow and your imaging for MRD. Uh, and with that, uh, thank you for your attention.